This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. true story is told of a man who decided to wear his hat to church and when he came into the foyer as they greeted him they told him well you have to remove your hat before you go in he decided to ignore that and came into the church with his hat on And while the preacher was preaching, he, the preacher that is, became distracted by the man in church with his hat on. At the end of the service, as the preacher was greeting folks at the door and the man came, he shook his hand. He said, brother, it was so good to have you in church, you know, but uh, I was a bit distracted with you sitting in church with your hat on. You see, in this church, our, our men don't wear their hat inside. The man responded in the earshot of everybody in the lobby. He said, you know, I've been coming to this church for weeks, and this is the first time anybody spoke to me. And that's because I wore a hat into your service. All this time I was being ignored until I came with a hat on. You know, neighbor, one of the reasons we decided as a leadership to have Connection Sabbath is because we realize that there is a whole swat of folks who have joined our fellowship who are not here before the pandemic and it is our desire that folks will not just come to church but that they will connect that they will find community that folks will not just come in and enjoy the service and leave and and we know I know experientially how it is with churches this size there's some folks who come and they hide in plain sight there's some folks who are in the witness protection program but we've decided as a church that we're gonna call you out (laughs) and so we've decided that every first Sabbath of the month will be connection Sabbath as we seek to find community by the way happy Sabbath everybody Uh, good afternoon and welcome to church we want to ensure that you find community and so right after the service we'll be having the varied connection groups i think some will be will be meeting in the uh the 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 gym armando i think a couple folks and uh some folks will be hosting at their home the sign-up sheet is out there and we're hoping that uh, this will be part of, of what we do. But in reality, 
I believe that every Sabbath and every time we meet as a church should be a connection time. Amen? Amen? Should be a connection time. Uh, just a quick update. As you know, we had our meeting, Justice Ministry update. We had our meeting this past Tuesday with our state attorney, and we had a press conference afterwards. The meeting went well. As you know, we been trying to move the issue of reducing unnecessary arrests here in Broward County. And we did appreciate that the it's not the state attorney who issues the arrest, but we, we argue that because he's dealing with all the law enforcement agencies across the county, that he is best positioned to take leadership on this issue. And so we've been pushing him to say we need for you to take issue or, or take take the Asian lead on this, um, and as such, he he has set up a meeting uh, with with us and him and uh, the BSO sheriff. Sheriff Tony is very open to this uh, use of civil citation, and about three other law enforcement agencies. So we'll be meeting February 23rd. We're hoping that the meeting will go well in that we can move the, the, the needle from just 62 persons being given a civil citation and thousands of people in the county being strapped with, a, with an arrest record for life. For simple things, non-felony offenses, uh, we'll continue to, uh, to, to, to fight uh, that battle. Continue to pray for us. We do know that um, this month is Black History Month. And as Christians, we're called to be different but not indifferent as we appreciate the, what's happening in the wider culture. And we'll start our Black History Month celebration in earnest beginning uh, next week. During this first quarter, as we mentioned last week, we'll be looking at some of the teachings of the church. We'll be rehearsing some of the tenets of our faith as we talk about back to basics, connecting to our biblical roots. And we established last week that we'll be guided by two principles. How many? How many? How many? Two principles when it comes to the teachings of the church. The first principle is, is the teaching biblical? Amen? That is, is the teaching grounded in the word of God? Because no teaching of the church, including this church, is of any salvific value unless it is based on Scripture. Amen. And to my SDA friends, of which I'm one, let me say here that it's not Scripture and Ellen White. Hello? Hello? It's scripture and scripture alone. Amen? And so, and so don't be quick to tell me what Ellen White says. Tell me what the Bible says. Come on, say amen. amen. And so the teaching must be based in scripture. The second principle is that the teaching must center around Jesus. Come on, say amen. Jesus must be at the center of the teaching. It is of no salvific value if Jesus is not 
at the center. It's not worth all the potatoes in Idaho if Jesus is not at the center. Because neighbor, it is not the teaching that saves, it is Jesus who saves. Amen. You're not going to go to heaven because you understand the sanctuary message and you understand the Sabbath. You're going to get to heaven because you've been saved by Jesus. And so we're talking about connecting to Jesus, the living word and his revealed word, the word of God that helps us as we navigate life down here. Now, neighbor, it was the American sociologist Ray Oldenburg who popularized this concept that as human beings, we occupy and navigate three social environments or places. Of the three, two of them are places we have to be, while one is where we choose to be. Oldenburg calls the first place the home. The home. We have to live somewhere. And it's the reason we, one of the reasons we understand the plight of our brothers and sisters on the street who have no shelter because we have to live somewhere with other people we call family and you know you know the saying that you you choose your friends but not your family and so in this first place family connections are important in this first place we are nurtured in this first place our personalities are shaped in this first place, the necessities of life are provided. And as parents, we must ensure that our home neighbor is a place of love and harmony. There is beauty all around when there is love at home. Because some of you know that a chair is still a cheer. Even when there's no one sitting there, but a chair is not a house, and a house is not a home, so says the prophet Lutavandros. <laughs> the home is the first place. Then there is, according to Oldenburg, then there is the second place we occupy, and that second place is the workplace or school, where some of us actually spend most of our time and this is another place one could argue we have to be the norm is that we are gainfully employed or being educated or trained for the most part to be able to earn a living you know when our boys were growing up when they became teens we told them that as men you have to either be earning or learning you have to be earning or learning you can't just be around the house hello you've got to be either working or in school amen and so this is the the second place and finally the one to which he gives extensive attention is what he calls the third place you see the third place is a place you don't have to be 
It's a place you choose to be. Do you get it? So whereas home and, and work and school are places, well, if you, if you must deal with the realities of this life, you have to be. But, but the third place is the place that you choose to be. He argues in his book, The Great Good Place, that, that third places are essential for civil society, for civic engagement, for even democracy, and giving us a sense of, of place and feeling. And here are a, good, a, a few characteristics of a good place, a good third place. He says, a good third place is a leveling place. It's a place where your socioeconomic status does not matter. It allows for a sense of commonality. A good third place. It's a neutral ground. There is no obligation for you to be there. You can come and go as you like. In the third place, conversation is key. The third place is sought to be a home away from home. Examples of third places include gyms and public libraries and clubs and barbershops and cafes and, of course, churches. And when I think about gyms, as I was writing this and uh, I thought about gym membership, I remember back in the day trying to get out of a gym membership was more difficult than filing for bankruptcy. And I remember back in the day I joined a gym, not calling any name Bally's, uh, in New York, and um, <clears throat> I tried very hard to get out of that, and it, it, was, it was so difficult. I even tried changing my credit cards, and they still found me. <laughs> Third place, place where you can find connection. It is said in some, in, in some neighborhoods, if you want to feel the pulse of the neighborhood, Either go to the hair salon or the barber shop. You will know what's happening in that community in just a few moments or minutes in those settings, a third place. And so we'll be looking at this concept of, of the third place as expressed in Hebrews 10, verse 19 to 25. We turn our attention to the Word of God, Hebrews chapter 10. 19 to 25, the New King James Version rendition says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, say boldness, say boldness, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a, a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near, say draw near, with a true heart, say true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast, say hold fast, the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God 
and I believe it. Let's pray together. Father, as we continue in worship with the study of your word, I pray that you'll remove every distraction, arrest every attention, speak to me and through me in spite of me, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Now, neighbor, for those of us who are conversant with the book of Hebrews, we know that the writer, whom I believe to be the Apostle Paul, makes the case that all the types in the Old Testament sanctuary not only pointed to Jesus, but they found their fulfillment or their end in him. He makes the case that at the cross of Calvary, type meant meant anti-type and neighbor in this portion of scripture hebrews 10 uh, 19 to 25 paul posits that the priestly work of jesus has established for the child of god the privilege of access to god because of what jesus has done you and i have access to god and I want to say amen. We have access to the sovereign one of the universe. Therefore, he urges us to claim the benefits of Jesus' heavenly sanctuary. He exhorts us to boldly draw near to God, to firmly maintain our faith, and to encourage one another. Let us zoom in now and look closely at these verses beginning with verse 19 to verse 21 Paul says therefore brethren having boldness what's that word what's that word boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he consecrated to us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God note neighbor that because we have a living high priest Jesus we have an open invitation to enter the very presence of God you see the high priest in the Old Testament sanctuary entered the Holy of Holies only once a year and by contrast Paul is saying because of Jesus you and I are invited to dwell in the presence of God every moment of our lives. In the Old Testament setup, the, 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 the high priest only went into the Holy of Holies once a year. But here Paul says, because of what Jesus has done, you and I, we have the access, we have the privilege of dwelling in the very presence of God. And I say amen. You know, when, 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 when our boys were, were growing, uh, we told them, Christine and I, that, that our bedroom was the holy of holies. And uh, we, had a, we, ha we actually had, Timothy, we actually had a curtain um, uh, in front of the door of our bedroom and we told the boys when that curtain is drawn holy things are happening behind the door <laughs> we told them that it was the holy of holies 
and that when the curtain was drawn that you, you must seek permission before you enter. Here, Paul is saying that you and I have the awesome privilege because of Jesus to dwell in the very presence of God. We have that privilege, Paul says, through the veil that is his flesh. The curtain that separated the holy from the holiest was torn in twain at the time of Jesus' death, according to Matthew's Gospel 27, verse 51. And Matthew said it was torn from top to bottom, clearly demonstrating that this was not of human device, but of a divine doing. And so because of Jesus' neighbor, we have boldness to enter the very presence of God. Now, don't get it twisted, neighbor. There is a difference between boldness and presumption. There is a difference between boldness and presumption. Presumption is believing that you can enter the presence of God because you are good enough. Hello? Presumption is believing that you have been obeying the rules while you have been scoffing down grillers why you have, you have always observed the Sabbath from sunset to sunset. Why your, 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 your dress is com compatible with Christian modesty. Why I've been, I've been, I've been obeying the rules, hence I, I qualify to enter the presence of God and not realize, as the prophet Isaiah says, that all your righteousness is, is as filthy rags. That's presumption to believe that you can enter the presence of God based on your own merits. But boldness, boldness says that I can come to God because of Jesus. That I can approach the presence of, of the holy of holy, the awesome God, the creator of heaven and earth. I can approach the presence of a God who created, who spoke and it stood fast. The presence of a God who creates and destroys. I can come into his presence with boldness because of Jesus. Hashtag boldness. And now in verses 22 to 25, Paul speaks about the threefold nature of the invitation to dwell in the presence of God. Number one, verse 22, he says, let us draw near. Number two, verse 23, he says, let us hold fast. And number three, verses 24 and 25, let us consider one another. So let us draw near. Let us hold fast and let us consider one another. He says in verse 22, let us draw near with a what? With a what? What type of heart? Stay with me, church. With what type of heart? With a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, you know and appreciate Elder, uh, Pastor Mike that in the Old Testament sanctuary system, the priests during the regular daily ministration of the temple had to wash at the laver 
Exodus uh, 30, 18 to 21, before he entered the holy place. So each day before the priest entered the holy place, he had to wash in the laver that was in the outer court. He had to purify himself. And then on the day of atonement, according to Leviticus 16, the high priest, and this happened only once per year, the high priest had to go through various washings and the applying of blood before he went into the Holy of Holies, before he went into the most holy place. As a matter of fact, before he went in and confessed his sins, they, he had to wear a special garment with belts at the bottom, and that was not a fashion statement. That was just in case he went in and, and, and he had unconfessed sin and he, and he fell down in that place. Once the bells stopped tinkling, they knew that something was, was wrong with Brother High Priest. And it was so awesome that they would tie a rope on one of his, one of his feet. So that in case he was struck down by being in the most holy place, they could fish him out. That's how awesome it was. But, but Paul says, because of Jesus, amen, because we have obtained grace and found mercy and grace in a time of need, we can draw near to God. We can enter into an intimate communion and fellowship with God. And he says, the believer, notice, he says the believer must do so with a true heart. What type of heart? What type of heart? True heart. That is, with all sincerity, without hypocrisy, or reservations of any kind. You and I need to know that when we come to God, you don't need to front you don't need to pretend. God knows who you are. False and all. Dysfunctional and all. Messed up and all. And he still loves your carcass. He still loves you. So there is no need to, to pretend and, and act as if. You have overcome. No, you can come with a sincere heart. God, you know who I am. You know I'm a mess. You know I don't have it together. But I can come into your presence because of Jesus. And I say amen. Because of Jesus, there is no condemnation. And that's the gospel, friends. Because of Jesus... There is no condemnation. We can draw near to God. We must come, Paul says, with sincerity of heart. And he says, our hearts will be sprinkled, he says, from an evil conscience. Meaning that our intentions and our motives will be pure you know some of them some of them some of them maybe in your family you know cousin and them who whenever they call you 
hey, hey man, how's the family? How are things going? You're just in your head waiting for them to get to the ask. No, it's only in my family. Oh, you got perfect families. Praise God. Hallelujah. Only my families. You know, you're waiting. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want? Yeah, yeah, man. I'll, yeah, I'm just checking on the family, see how you guys are doing. And yeah, oh, by the way, man, can you give some change? And, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's the reason you call. The motives are hidden. When you're, when, when, when you're sprinkled from an evil conscience, it means that you come to God and your intentions and your motives are pure. Pure. Not trying to set him up for an ask. It's kind of like the man who came to Farmer Brown to bar his hammer and he went over. Farmer Brown, how you doing, man? Uh, how's the weather? Hey, man. You had a good crop this year, right? Yeah, I saw you and things were happening. And then the other neighbors say, hey, Farmer Brown, can I borrow your hammer? Say, hey, here it is. And they, oh man, that, I was about to ask you for that. Draw near with a pure heart. And then verse 23, he says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Here, he stresses the importance of endurance. The importance of perseverance. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 13, that he who endures to the end shall be saved. You see, there is a real danger that those who have begun a new life in Jesus will grow weary and will lose their grip on God, their grip on his word. Hashtag tenacious faith. And then in verses 24 and 25 he says let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching listen neighbor fellowship with God is never selfish fellowship with God is never selfish if you have fellowship with God, as night follows day, you will have fellowship with others. Because it is never God's intention for the believer in Christ to walk alone, to do life alone. Fellowshipping with others, it, it contributes to the Christian's growth in Christ. The emphasis, however, is not... On what the believer receives from the assembly but on what he gives to the assembly not on what he receives but on what his contribution is to the assembly and notice the Bible says that our church attendants are coming together must encourage and the King James Version used the word provoke others to love and good works don't miss that he says we must stir up, we must provoke one another to love and good works. Now, there are some folks, not here at Plantation, at the other church down the road, on the corner of First and Main, not here, who they never have an encouraging word every time you speak with them. Some folks, they're always complaining, always complaining. 
They always have gripes. Not, not, not here. The church down the road at corner of 1st and Main. Not our church. Always have gripes. Always have their concerns. And you know, I, I've got to the point, Andrew, when, whenever somebody says to me, uh, happy Sabbath, uh, you know, get in the parking lot, I'm not even out of my car yet. They say, happy Sabbath, Pastor. I have a concern. And then a lot of bells go off in my head. And sometimes I'm like, beep, 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 back up. Allow me to place my feet on the ground. Allow me to come in church and celebrate. Allow me to worship before you tell me what your concerns are. They will, they will, they, they will drag down your spirit with their concerns. And one of the things that I, I really enjoy years ago when I, when I started with, with certain churches and shifting them from having the, 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 the platform party sit up on the platform with thrones and move to a roving uh, stage was I remember those days I, I, I'll, be, I'll be sitting there and, and, and ready to preach you and, and, and the meditation is going on I'm trying to get in the zone and some elder would lean over to me and whisper in my ear pastor we've got to fix the parking lot and I'm thinking you want to tell me that now that's what you're thinking about now Paul says that in the body of Christ, we are, as we come together, that we must provoke, we must encourage, we must stir one another to love and to good works. Ought not to be adding to the stress of folks with, with our gripes and, and our concerns. Or not to be spoiling the Sabbath with every, for everybody with, oh, I don't like what's going on. Keep it to yourself and tell Jesus. Encourage one another in love and good works. You know, one of the short tail signs of apostasy and backsliding is the infrequency of church attendance. And I know that during COVID and, and post-COVID, a church attendance looks differently. I get it. But, but listen, neighbor, fellowship is important. Paul says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Don't forsake your coming together for worship, especially as you see the day approaching. And the day that he's referring to here. In verse 27, he calls it the day of judgment and fiery indignation. In verse 37, he says it's the day that he will come, will come, and will not tarry. Paul is saying to you and I today that as we move closer and closer to the second coming of Jesus, we must move closer and closer to God and to each other. We must seek to band together so that we can encourage one another. As we seek to reach others for Jesus. Paul is saying that our faith community must become that place where people can find and experience true love and acceptance. And as I close, 
I am saying this to us as a church, that the church must be an extremely important third place. It must be that third place where people find love and acceptance. A place where you are loved and accepted regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your cultural background, regardless of the hue of your skin, regardless of your mother's tongue, regardless of the size of your bank account, regardless of your academic achievement. A place where you'll be accepted and loved regardless of your history and your dysfunctionality. You will be accepted and loved. And we have determined, we have determined as a leadership in this church, the elders, our ushers, our deacons, our ministry leads, we are determined to do all that we can to create this as a safe third place. I'm committed to that. If you're in the house and you want to say, Lord, I, I'm committed to do all that I can to make this place a safe third place. You see, before this place can be a safe third place, you and I must first be that third safe person. That folks must be able to find Love and acceptance must be able rather to experience love and acceptance from us. I want to be a safe third place. How about you? If that's you, stand with me to your feet. Stand with me today. Lord, I want to be that safe third place where folks can find true genuine love and acceptance and as I mentioned when I began that's what we're seeking to achieve with our connection Sabbaths truth be told every time we meet should be a connection meeting amen it shouldn't be just about us going through the program and going to the liturgy and going to whatever is on the agenda that Sabbath or that Wednesday or whatever we get together. Whenever we get together, we must strive not only to connect with God, but to connect with each other. And it's the reason we want to facilitate and pour into and encourage these, these various life groups we want people to come in our midst and find opportunity to connect. Now, now, now let me make it straight, neighbor. We're not, we're not a cult and we're not trying to start a cult. Amen? As I mentioned, the, the third place is a place you choose to be. There is no compulsion. But we want to make it so that this will be a place you choose. We want to do all in our power to create that environment and that spirit that this will be the place you choose. We want to make this place, listen to this, irresistible to you. 
through the power of Jesus. We're committed. We're committed. The praise team is going to do a song and I'll come back. We'll close this and we will move into our connection groups. No pressure. Want to hang out with us? Fine. We hope that most of you will. Some folks will be hosting at home and different places, weather permitting. Some of us will be hosting right here as we seek to spend just a couple hours connecting. The praise team will sing our return, make an appeal, we'll close and we'll transition. Let's all sing. I need you to survive. That's our message this week as we connect with each other and with God. Everybody say, I need. I need you. You need me. You need me. We're all apart. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Stand with me. Agree with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body.
is a biblical truism we are invited to 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 community and today if you're not a member of our church but you say pastor rose i want to experience i want to experience that community we're part of that i ask you could you just leave your seat and let's pray together let's pray together just leave your seat. Want to be part of that community. Genuine love and connection. Genuine love and connection. The fact is I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's family. God bless you. You can come. It is his will. It's God's will for us to find community. We live in a world where there's so much mistrust folks are jaded suspicious and even cynical even with church folks but I have made up my mind leaders of this church have made up their minds that we're going to do all we can in our power to create that community and so I ask you, Dane, if you could just do the first line of that song again. And as we tarry for just a couple minutes for somebody, I want to pray with and for somebody. Is that you, Nate? I want to close the service, but I'll never want to close without giving you an opportunity. demonstrating that you made us for community 
and that we do life better when we do it with others. That you've given us this third place called the church to create an environment of love and genuine connection. Oh Lord, it is our desire to seek to achieve that in this congregation. We appreciate our limitations. We appreciate how unworthy we are. But we thank you for Jesus. And that because of him and through him, this is possible. And so I pray for that man, that woman, that boy, that girl who came by here today. Perhaps out of curiosity. Perhaps because someone invited them. But, but we know that there is no, there is no coincidences with you. You are providential. And so in your providence, you've led him here. You've led her here. And may you, through the ministry of your Holy Spirit, continue to speak to that heart so that he or she will find hope and surrender. We segue now into the varied life groups. I pray, Lord, that as we spend the next few moments together in fellowship and food and getting to know each other, that this will be the beginning of something great as we seek not only to connect with you, but to connect with each other. And so God bless you as you leave this sanctuary today. And may he guide you to that life group, that connection group, where you'll find community. This is our prayer, and this is our asking, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.